Hello, everyone. Welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go to the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super veteran, Justin of the Supersonic Duck Squadron, joined by my co-host and super rookie, Kung Fu Dugong Jacob. It sounds so much better when you say that name, Matt. Matt. Hello, everybody. I'm Jacob. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about movie eight. That is the One Piece movie episode of Arabasta, Desert Princess, and the Pirates. I know I, last week I mentioned how that title was a mouthful, but... And it really oh! is. <laughs> One Piece movie eight episode of Alabasta Desert Pirate Adventure. You know, like it's like three separate movie titles. Let's just call it episode of Arabasta and just leave it at that. Everyone knows what Arabasta is. Yeah. So this is the first time in the movies because I'm pretty sure they do this a few times where they basically retell an arc that's happened, usually a well beloved arc, a popular one, and they'll do it in movie format. I actually wanted something like this and was very curious about certain movies in the future like for example i know there's an episode of nami in the future that i'm really excited for however this movie i'll be honest kind of stained that excitement because what we got is not really arabasta it's this horribly abridged version of arabasta like it, whether you've watched the anime or read the manga there's so much stuff that was cut that it doesn't feel nearly as good or well paced or structured as the original content was which is really unfortunate because this is one of my I think one of our favorite arcs is one of the best arcs out there. Mm-hmm. And I was even excited too for the, when the first five minutes passed, because I was thinking, Oh, maybe they'll change the narrative in the sense that, Oh, it'll be entirely focused on Vivi's perspective because we had that opening shot with her riding on Pell's back when she's a kid. It was a unique scene to the movie, I think. And where she got her sense of duty from, why she's so dedicated to her people. She was influenced by the guard. Right. Um, and then she was back on the merry-go. So like, okay, cool. This is going to be a... Because the title was Desert Princess and the Pirate. So I thought, okay, this would be Vivi-centric. That's awesome. Give us a, a little bit of a different perspective of the Arabasta arc. That's all like the new content the movie offers. And Basically, everything else is just trim. It's just abridged and cut. It, it's not the way... This is not the way to watch Alabasta or Arabasta. It is. It is definitely not. Even if for someone like me who likes to try and cheat and save time occasionally, because you're like, you know what? I'm curious what the anime has to offer, but the pacing is really slow, and there's a lot of time sunk in. What about the movie? And this one's like, no. And how bad does it cut? Well, let us tell you. So, overall, like, the quality, it's about the same as the last movie, where if characters are standing still and they're in the background, they're pretty low quality but it's not as jarring as like you know the 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 luffy derp face from the last movie or there wasn't like any of the 2d animation segments there weren't so bad like the luffy uh the nami and zoro tumbling scene from the last movie we don't get anything that's that jarringly bad but there is instead a lot of implementation of cg in certain scenes like when the armies are charging at each other or when crocodile is using a sand attacks and that doesn't look the best, but it's also CG, and if you're used to watching just anime movies, you're used to bad CG, so it's like water under the bridge at that point. It's not egregiously bad. It, it's always just looking back when you see old CG, is it just hurts a little bit. It hurts for me because you could definitely tell it's CG, and you're just like, oh, okay, they tried something different here. And it kind of takes you out because you're right away looking at the different animation styles. Um, but again, it's not horribly bad, but... The reason why I want to bring that up, because there's at the same time, there's nothing, like, extravagant. Like, even during the action sequences, nothing really stood out as, like, amazing. Or, oh my god, like, this was, like, the vitriol action when Luffy's fighting Crocodile in round three. 
I felt the same. I also didn't feel like they added that much just overall animation and granted it has been quite a while since i've watched uh, arabasta the arc mm-hmm. in the anime but i it didn't seem like there was much added there and and all the fights we only got like the last what 30 seconds of each fight or so pretty much like I, i'm pretty sure i know the nami fight was definitely the last 30 seconds of that um it was like the first 20 and then the last literally 30. it literally skipped it skipped all like the jokes that she was having like you know all the the beginning section that we're fighting it, it literally cut directly to the very last move that she does in that fight. Yeah. That's and all we got to see of it. And it, and if you have like no context, like if you're watching just the movie and you haven't read the manga or watched the anime, you're wondering why is this sequence so awkward? Because like, this is just one example, right? Cause all the fights are kind of like this where Nami is like stopping, you know, the headbutt right from the porcupine lady. What's her name again? It's like miss pair. I don't remember. I'm not going to remember. You. She's like sea urchin lady. And she's like the one of the top officers for Barrack Works. Um, she stops her headbutt like with her foot, and then she tries to use her her new climb attack. But the whole gimmick is, if you recall, if you recall our older episode, we weren't a fan of this fight. Like even me, I'm a big fan of Nami, but even this fight, I'm just like, this is so awkwardly paced. It was uh, in within a perfect arc with perfect pacing. This is like the one part that I was like, eh, this is kind of bumpy. And they took all the jokes out, but they kept in the last joke. Because they're still trying to do the one-to-one adaptation of what happened without including all the content. So it ends up being awkwardly structured. Um, the same thing with the fights with like Zoro, for example. You get complete cutout where he like learns to listen to the environment and learns how to cut through steel. That whole like oh, skill God. growth aspect, it's completely gone. It cuts to the climax. And you still get those cool moments where Zoro is all bloody and doing that final confrontation. but each of those straw hat fights is cutting out the like the middle build up portion where i guess if you're a child or a younger more immature that's fine also but, it i just like, realized it didn't say her name in this movie did it it didn't give you any of the agents names i don't think so that's why i had to ask you because <laughs> i'm like hey, i'm bad with names do you remember the name <laughs> it's driving me crazy that i can't remember her name cuz i can remember i knew everyone else's name except for hers yeah. Because hers isn't um, actually a holiday. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, there's something else that the Double movie Finger. Did. It's Miss Double Finger. There you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the, she was the odd one. Um, there's nothing that's movie did in terms of, like, animation, which was, I thought, a really bad addition that took me out, was during the ending of each fight sequences, or, like, during, like, a big punch or whatever, you would have what's, like, a mock, like, coloring of a panel. Where it like freeze from it frees the frame of the shot and had like extra details and color to make it look like oh here's a here's a screensaver right take mm-hmm. a picture now, but it took you out because it just happened every time and in the middle of the action sequences too, and it was just like what the hell's going on like they're still talking over the <laughs> over the panel too like I'm referring to like the the last Luffy crocodile fight there's a portion where like I think Luffy like crushes like crocodiles like hook claw into the ground but they're still fighting and extending dialogue but you can but the screen is frozen yeah. <laughs> so you're like can i just see what's going on are you trying to save budget right now what the hell is going on here but yeah we're trying to keep it on the action right now because this is honestly like one of the least up uh, uh, like the least worst parts of the cuts because it's like it's action right and i do want it but it doesn't take out that much from compared to the other cuts um but they are pretty damn bad so the Zoro section got cut. 
Um, the entire rain-based section got cut. That was like the most painful, the worst thing to cut, I feel, because it was an important part of the plot development, like it's where you first encounter Crocodile, like face-to-face. Everyone. Oh, the casino. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the casino. The rain yeah, sorry, yeah, that's... Like all yeah, gone. Sorry. I ref- I no Mr. To- Prince moment completely gone. Like mm-hmm. it just really kind of puts a damper on the climax if you don't have that pre, you know, that pre-fight going on, the build-up. Yeah. So what I was gonna get to as well were because the opening segments that were cut, like if we're gonna go in chronological order, the first parts that were cut where there's no Ace and there's no Marines at all. I can <laughs> understand that no from movie ace. time. I can understand for sake of movie time. Like but but here's, to... here's what I'm thinking. In my head, at least, this movie was made just in case there were new fans of the series that hadn't seen it. It's like, this is an important night. We want them to watch it. Yeah. Right? Pretty so how are you going to skip Ace? <laughs> <laughs> With that logic in mind, like you want them to kind of have an idea going forward. Skipping Ace is the worst idea. Because mm-hmm. he's like super relevant <laughs> to the entire first half. Right? Yeah, if you're gonna do like hindsight 2020 stuff, you could say you could argue that the opening scene should have been the Straw Hats like saying goodbye to Ace, so at least he's like, a little bit of acknowledgement. But even then, you still don't get your introduction to who he is. I'm thinking from the perspective of like, okay, I'm an editor, I'm a producer or director, I have to get it to the 90 minute mark. What do I cut? Because this arc is, in fact, pretty damn big. So what do I cut? And unfortunately, some of the stuff they do cut is plot essential. I'm willing to forgive the Ace and Marine stuff personally, but I totally understand where you're coming from with Ace being important to the overall story. Um, I do agree, but, though, that I think if I were just going for a good movie, I, I would still want the rain-based stuff, though. Yeah, exactly. So, and that, that goes back to when, when I remember the first five minutes of this movie, and I'm thinking, oh, is this VV-centric? So keep everything in which VV has a direct interaction. If it's not as important to her directly, like the Ace stuff, then go ahead and cut it. But, yeah, the whole portion where they leave uh, Yuba, right, the old former Oasis, they meet the old man who had faith in Vivi, and you have that sequence where Luffy goes, no, I don't want to go to the rebel leader, I want to kick Crocodile's ass, and they have the falling out, and then gets her to get her confidence up and, you know, keep going. They don't even go to the base at all. It's implied that they're about to, and then Crocodile and Robin, at this point, it's, what, what's her name in the... That's her name again? Miss All Sunday? All Sunday. Yeah. And they just find them in the middle of the desert, and we already have our action sequence in which, in the anime and manga, this happens when they're fleeing the casino after all that shit happens, and they're going to the capital, and they catch up. In this movie, it's out of fucking nowhere, because it just seems like How did he find, find them, them? In the middle How of the desert. How did he find them? This motherfucker is, throwing, is in the middle of throwing a coup, and he's like, no, I'm gonna find these pirates in the middle of the desert, and I'm gonna get them right away. Who, who uh, logically, he shouldn't even know they're in the country, based on this, this movie. Yeah, so the biggest, por- the biggest problem with that casino, the rain base being cut, is yeah, these are the official introductions that Crocodile and Miss All Sunday have with the Straw Hats, if I recall. You have the moments where the Straw Hats are, in fact, captured, and then uh, Vivi tries to come to the rescue. There's, even if you're saying, oh, Restaurant La Crop, Prince Charming part is not important, which, by the way, it's super important. If you're saying it's not important, it still cuts out the portions we of... we can't be friends. Then <laughs> <laughs> why are you listening? Um, it takes out two critical character moments where... It's how scheming and evil Crocodile can be and how the distance he went to Operation Utopia. 
and how far Vivi's willing to go to stop it from happening, right? To save her people. It takes out all these extra steps, these desperate attempts that Vivi made to rescue the Straw Hats, to get them out, to get to the capital. How Crocodile was seemingly always one step ahead because the huge thing I super remember, <laughs> I super remember, about this arc and being impressed by was Intel. How important it was with yeah. each side having pieces, right? And each side thinking they had the full picture. But then you have someone like, you know, Sanji not being captured and then using that same snail phone from Little Garden going, this is restaurant no crap. And then Crocodile dropping a smile going, oh, fuck, there's another straw hat. <laughs> and then right. it completely it adds this ray of hope, right, to that gleam situation there because they're about to, I think, being eaten by like, what, a banana croc or something like that? Banana gator? And it's, uh, yeah, I said it's actually not a croc to gator. <sighs> you got to remember that. Yes, it's the most important part of our bust. It's the important part. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's all this whole cut content for save time. But the most jarring part, too, is it's not like the movie, the movie is going at a super breakneck pace throughout the movie. The first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, is at breakneck speed. Oh, but yeah. once that half-hour mark happens, stops, then it's almost like, okay, here's the rest of the movie. So it's like the director's decision was to rush through this this build-up, this plot development of Arabasta, and then just cut to the climax. And then we can keep that climax at a slower, if not normal, rate. And it's really distracting when you keep note of that, because, again, you have like all the Straw Hat fights, you have Vivi and everyone like getting to their posts and trying to help people, not listening and failing. And then you cut to you know, Luffy and Crocodile with the third confrontation, while the Straw Hats are trying to find the bomb, which is the conclusion, the the climax of the Arabasta, and this is like the whole last hour of them doing so, or at least the last forty five minutes. Yeah, but it, actually, it's like a long chunk of that. Yeah, and really, everyone you can find any time for the casino in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just like looking back. I'm like, wait, wasn't this like fifteen chapters in the manga out of like what fifty five, sixty of Arabasta? Sixty six. Yeah, so you have, like, the first, like, 30, 40 chapters, or even 45, completely rushed at 30 minutes. Yeah, and even then 50 minutes for the last 15. Yeah, so, and maybe that would be excusable if the animation was, like, super stellar. Like, they got, like, the dude who did, uh, you know, the Broly movie to come in here and be like, let me show you some real Sakuga, motherfucker. And <laughs> yeah. be Luffy doing these crazy-ass action sequences against Crocodile. And that would have saved the whole movie. Yeah, Honestly. that would have been, yeah, I would have been like, yeah, you know, the plot shit and the cut up, but you know what, that's a dope-ass animation, go check it out, 10 out of 10. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It ended up being, like, just, you know, normal animation, just... Not, and, again, and to be fair, it actually wouldn't have saved the movie. It wouldn't have, but at least I would have been, A, at least you're getting some great eye candy out of right. this. Um, but again, like, ever since movie 6, the Baron Omatsuri movie, we haven't seen a movie that had that movie-quality animation yet, and it really it does show, too. So we mentioned the the casino being completely cut and the whole segment about Prince Charming being cut too, which is sucks for me too, because this was when I still really didn't like Sanji. Like I liked him at Barrack Works. Oh, sorry, at Barate. But ever since then I felt like he'd never shown shined. And then this was the arc where even you had to remind me, like, no, this motherfucker is stepping up his game. What the hell are you doing? Because even then, I'm still, like, trying to be skeptical and be like, eh, I don't know. He was so but, great in Alabasta. Yeah, and then looking back, it's like, no, this fucker was definitely an MVP, this arc. But then this movie completely cuts that, and now he's just there, right? He's just there with the Straw Hats to help with the fights, and that's it, rather than do his, his intel thing, his 
his slyness. I mentioned that because that's actually a good segue into <clears throat> the beginning of the movie where during the sequence in which we learn about our boy Bon Clay, Sanji's there the whole time, right? Kind of ruining that whole intel aspect because remember Bon Clay never saw Sanji in that introduction section when he's on the ship, the Merry-Go, talking to the Straw Hats, making friends with them. In this movie, he did see him though. In this movie, yeah, he does. The only difference is that he doesn't touch Sanji's face. He just goes, you know, keep your hands to yourself. But that doesn't that wouldn't stop Bon Clay from telling Crocodile and everyone, hey, yeah, by the way, this is when I saw dude. Sanji on deck, I was literally like I gasped internally. I was like, what? What what the hell are they planning on doing? But I guess it doesn't matter because again, I guess Intel doesn't play a huge they, they part just in this arc. It, so yeah, and then it, yeah, it just really ruins that whole like fuck yeah moment when you finally get to those moments where Crocodile is no longer a step ahead of the game, or when the mercenaries are looking at the shadowy figures like jumping off the crab right when they're trying to scatter to the uh, capital. Which for some reason they don't have the ducks this time. They just kind of they, they just run right. They did <laughs> show them and they they completely skipped their introduction. And then they were just back together again later. <laughs> yeah, like there's certain sequence, like transition sequences that they cut, and some they decide to keep in. Like there's an awkward moment where I realized too, like you know how we're talking about how like after the fights they try and transition back to one another. Um, they decide to add in an extra sequence I don't remember at all from the manga, where like Nami is like untangling the climb attack from Double Finger. And she's like groping her tits while she's trying to undo it. And I'm like, what is this right. fan service? This is where <laughs> you choose to add scenes. Exactly. Like, we need some new things. animation in this movie. Like we have, we've got like 10 seconds. And they're like, so boobs? Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, boobs. Listen, you know what people didn't like about Arabasa? No one liked Crocodile. No one liked the Rain Base. You know what? Let's, but, we, but people really thought Double Finger was hot. So let's have this extra scene where... It also doesn't make sense to where she's croping her. It doesn't make sense because the, the prior scene where you can see how the climb attack wraps around the finger. It's uh, her arm and leg, right? It's just one arm, one leg, both on the same side. But when you cut to that sequence, it's like cross, like around her chest. Like it's almost like a, you know, BDSM tying kinky stuff. And you're like, that doesn't look like how it tied up. <laughs> Nami must be god awful at untying knots. Like, I this guess. girl cannot untie her own shoes, if that's the case. Because that was just... That just can't happen. Also oblivious to pain, because I remember her foot got impaled, and then here she is just untying it normally. Um, yeah, and then, then it cuts to her and Zoro catching up to one another. Again, like, some sequences, very little things like that, where, like, you decide to add that. Or you decide, for example, when they're riding on the crab to get to the capital... They kept the scene where Nami flashes her tits to the crab, and then they get I, I the think they boost. added to that scene as well, I thought. I Maybe a little bit. I don't think they added anything. I just thought that it was, I, I again, that's recall. when the pace slowed. <laughs> well, I do recall it happening. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not... it's just because it looked it looked touched up. Maybe it's just the remastering that they did on, on some of the old scenes. Yeah, you know what? I bet a listener's going to come in and go, you know, you're talking about the animation action being much worse, but you know what? That reveal sequence, they had some they had some slight jiggle to that reveal, okay? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about with this lower quality animation. It's definitely no mechanical soldier DOA physics, but it's like, no, they put some attention to it. Right. But again, this was like during that transition where it goes at, it's going at breakneck speed still with the pacing. But they just slow down just a tad bit just for that sequence. Yeah, they, they try and just hit all the high points. For example, like in the Usopp and Chopper fight. All we get to see of that, again, is the end. But they just yeah, they really yeah. want to squeeze in that Usopp quote. 
Yeah, it so feels like okay. So I don't know if you've seen the poster for this, but in the poster they show off Usopp's like quote unquote five ton hammer. You don't see that at all in this movie because they cut it out. It's in Didn't the middle of the action it. sequence. <laughs> so that's yeah, dude. That was such a great fight and just a moment for Usopp. Yeah, you if can't, was... I just can't cut that from Alabasta. You know? Yeah, if if you're gonna cut any fights, like okay, it would hurt me, but you can cut the Nami fight. Cut but Nami's keep... and cut Sanji's man. Give Sanji rain base. Cut his fight. Let's be real. It... It was honestly really sad too because because they did Bond Clay really dirty in this movie. Dude. Um yes. his fight with Sanji had like no weight at all. It had no uh it had no real purpose because after his fight with Sanji, he doesn't appear again in the movie. Whereas in the series, the anime manga, he comes back and helps the Straw Hats escape with because he's like, No, I don't forget my friends. And it's like, oh what a bro, man. But that was like such an unexpected, like, you know, moment too. Yeah, and then in this movie, he's actually just a bad guy, right? Your first impressions of the character, if you're reading the manga or watching the anime, like, moment to moment, then he just lives up to what you thought. He was just a bad guy. So, <laughs> I I feel like we have to talk more about this whole Bond Clay being cut. Cause... I, I, I will just say that I, I've said before how much I love Bond Clay. That's not uh-huh. a secret. And this movie just, it really doesn't do him justice because... The whole, this whole thing, and the reason I, at the end of Alabasta, it just, I suddenly love this character, is because, like, he does have that, uh, appreciation for a solid friendship, and even though he just met Luffy, Chopper, and Usopp are the ones and, I'd say that, like, he was really chummy with. Yeah, he, yeah. Well, he didn't know they were enemies when they met. Yeah. They, they get friendly, right? And then later on, I guess he does realize that they're his enemies, but you almost get the impression that he wouldn't have fought, like, them. Yeah, if Luffy it weren't or if it weren't his job, yeah, or if he wasn't, you know, being threatened by crocodile, right? Right. So, but so the and the only one he ended up did fighting was Sanji, the one that he the did guy who meet, didn't know, not yeah. technically his friend. And <laughs> so you know, and like, again, he's and, yeah, and, the, and again, this is in the original series. In the movie, he right, did meet course. Sanji, and you can only argue, well, this is the only straw hat that wasn't too friendly with him. But Bonkley wasn't exactly hostile with them. He was more like yeah, just, just oh, it's okay. it's more cohesive in the manga. Right? He fought the one guy he didn't meet, and he still he asserts. Therefore, at the end, when he sees them, like, no, you were my friends the whole time. I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't have fought you guys, kind of like you know. And yeah. I, I really liked it. It was a complete one eighty for me on that guy to where totally had like no strong feelings for him to instantly loving him, which only became yeah. better later on. After, yeah, later on. Um, of course, though, if you cut all the stuff with the Marines, then it's like okay, then what he could save him from. But that's the that's a problem though when you're cutting so much large chunks away from what was arguably a very masterfully put together arc is you have all these missing pieces that Oda is really fucking good at even like little side characters or like for example like Bond Clay if you don't like Bond Clay that much his role is still vital within Arabasta if anything the roles that weren't that big were like the Guardians like Cobra uh, sorry uh, Shaka and uh, Pell they still didn't play a big role in this movie, even though Pell got a, I, a little extra scene. It was a little because they didn't show him come back to life either. Or, <laughs> still that was better. I, the I one improvement. I, I still don't even remember when he came back because I remember seeing him in a pre-chapter and asking you, "Wait, was this a mistake?" And you're like, "No, he came back." I'm yeah, like, it was what? like it's like a, in the very end of Alabasta. There's some little hut, and you see Pell's hat, and he's like, "Oh, you're awake." And that's it. I still don't know how he survived that. I still yeah, don't know how he survived that blast. Did. And in this movie, we don't see that, so that's the one improvement this movie has made. To uh, the only, yeah, only improvement. Yeah, to actually give him the the sacrifice. And even then, at the time, I was still going like, I actually really uh, like that scene as well. That was changed. 
when he was uh, when he grabbed the bomb and flew up, it was different. The animation yeah, a little was a little extra. different. It looked nice. It was cool. It looked nice. Yeah. But I couldn't get into it because I knew it wasn't a real sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, and not, not to mention the movie's fault. Not to mention just how so much was cut in the movie that that same momentum, that same impact that Vivi went through, it doesn't feel nearly as powerful because again, it kind of cuts to the first aspect of her growth on Ar- Arabasta to the very end. Yeah, and even watching middle the good stuff, I'm like, oh man, I hope someone cuts that, like you know, into the anime, <laughs> like later, and redoes mm. that scene. But you, you can't just enjoy this alone. Yeah, so we've been focusing a lot on Sanji and Bonkle. Uh, there's another one that was cut somewhat was Koza, the rebel leader. His connection with Vivi and their backstories of like why he cares so much about the kingdom, and I can kind of understand why you want to cut that. But then why make it a purpose to still have him, like, a main he part really of the movie? He really did get shafted. Like, I'm not he, a fan of his, but he got he, nothing here. He was still a plot device. He was still important to the peace between the rebels and uh, King Cobra. And in this movie, the most that we see him really do was, you know, the initial charge, right, with the army towards the capital. And I think he overhears Crocodile, right, spill his plans out to Cobra. But that's basically it. He gets attacked, and that's basically the last we see of Cobra. I don't even think it they confirmed that he was the same kid in the flashback in the beginning. In yeah, we knew, right? There was if no you correlation. The- <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah, if we do. But it was even, I don't think there was any, was there, did they even reveal a connection between Koza and the old man at Yuba? Did they even reveal that? No, yeah, it didn't say that it, that was his dad. Wow. Didn't, they just, you know, they didn't even really reveal kid. how he and Vivi knew each other or their friendship, yeah. like, at mm-hmm. all. The only one was uh, the old man and Vivi. That's the only one. And even then, that was just because he recognized her, but they didn't show the flashback of her at the meeting and everything. Um, God, there's just so much cut from this. Uh, what was another thing that was... Oh, the whole confrontations between Crocodile and Luffy were are still some of my favorite action sequences, even though I'm not really the action guy. They were still my favorite sequences because it was the escalation, right? First yeah. time they confront each other, Luffy has no chance. The movie mostly does this that first part mostly like i said the confrontation was so quick and jarring that you're still like but what happened to the casino okay we're just doing this now okay um and even then it wasn't like perfect because it kind of just cut to the impalement scene right there wasn't like because i remember in the manga i think there was like a sandstorm that was blinding luffy and then that got the edge for crocodile and that's how he moved in and impaled him whereas in the movie it was like in the middle of a conversation about vivi uh sorry luffy trying to help vivi and then I guess Crocodile ran at him and then impaled him to make, him, make Luffy look really weak because he didn't see it coming. Um, and then they cut out the entire second round, which was the comeback, the Luffy strikes back portion, where Luffy walks up to Crocodile with a barrel on his back and no Crocodile goes, do Luffy, man. No yeah. way, Luffy. And then Crocodile's like, oh, you're back with some round two? It didn't help for you last time. And then Luffy just socks him with, like, one of the best Luffy punches in the, the series. It was the best single punch of the arc, by far. Oh, absolutely. And they cut that out completely because it was a two for one because, oh, fuck, it's a hype moment. And also, Luffy has learned Crocodile's weakness. And this is also when you start to see Crocodile's hair become undone, right? Because he's no longer in complete the, control. The, how self-righteous his little speech beforehand is. Like, oh, I'm going to have to beat your ass again. Blah, blah, blah. Can't yep, touch I'm gonna me. Get, I'm, Just to I'm get gonna... that smack, you know? Yep. It was so satisfying. But instead, what we get is Luffy still rescues Vivi from, you know, they kept this scene where Crocodile holds up Vivi and tells, you know, you're useless. You are you can't save your people. Drops her. And then uh, Pell and Luffy come in swooping in to save the day. 
you get the great no worry i can still hear you moment that's still there but again it doesn't have that same impact because it, you're cutting so much of the pacing you're cutting so much of the substance to go before it and then did they even show how luffy gets to crocodile for round i guess round two in this movie but round three in the core series no he, he just he wrote in he wrote in on pell yeah that's it and did they find out where he was going? I think they say the mausoleum, I'm pretty sure, but again... Did he, did he even meet Pell before that? I don't think he did. Uh, Pell swoops in oh, to Pell try and save Vivi during that really rushed confrontation where Crocodile somehow knew they were in the desert. Pell also somehow knew they were in the middle of the desert. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then Luffy starts conf- confronting Crocodile. Same thing happens before with Robin, where she reads, like, the truth, but then tries to play it off. Crocodile almost kills her. They cut that action sequence, but I kind of understand why. Like, that one I go, yeah, because that was even quick, right. too, in the manga. Um, But then we have the conversation between Luffy and Crocodile, and immediately it cuts to Luffy's hands being bloody immediately. There's no, like, oh, I have little water left. Oh, I'm out of water. Let me use the blood of crocodile and myself no it just cuts instead to luffy's hands already being bloody i guess it's implied because he punched down the wall so hard that his hands got bloody yeah but also the weirdest part is the movie itself try to go for its own luffy kicking or you know kicking crocodile because he even had like the still imagery i've mentioned that i really didn't like but so i'm not going so his feet are bloody too like the motherfucker <laughs> like yeah. doused his feet first in blood and then he opened up with a kick that ain't Luffy. Luffy's a puncher. <laughs> he kicks too, but when he's starting off a fight, he punches. And it was just so weird because it was just that still image of like Crocodile getting smacked across the face, but it was like with a foot. And you have to look at the blood on his feet. But then that's because again, we didn't have that second round. So Crocodile's not realizing, oh shit, how did you realize my weakness? Instead, it's like, what the hell? And then you cut to Luffy's hand being bloody even though he just kicked Crocodile, it's, again, it's just poorly constructed because you cut out that whole second round. Not, yeah, it's cut out, you cut out that whole second round, poorly constructed, and then on top of that, it's just incon- it's just inconsistent or doesn't make much sense of what the camera is showing us, what they're saying. Again, Crocodile in whole, it just feels like a shell of what he was. He's still okay. But if you were to think this was Crocodile, you would think he's just no better than some of the other movie villains we've run into so far. I, I feel very bad. I can't imagine. But if anyone watched this instead of Alabasta, and then just kept going on, oof. <laughs> the biggest that, oof. I implore you, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched the Arabasta anime or read the Arabasta anime within One Piece somehow, please do so. <laughs> I truly wonder if anyone can just jump into One Piece. I mean, I know that some people do. I just don't. I don't understand how how people be doing that. I I don't know either. <laughs> um, oh, there was also a small portion that they cut out, but I feel like it's significant because the movie decides to start and end with the iconic, you know, the X on the wrist, right, to signify who they are as Straw Hats. They cut out the portion where Bond Clay is actually trying to, you know, infiltrate. He found, he finds Vivi, he pretends to be Usopp, and shows him the bandage, but he doesn't show him the, show the, her the X, uh-huh. so she knows she's a fake. So there's no reminder of that. So you'll have to remember the very beginning of the movie where they decide to, like, oh yeah, this signifies who we are. That never comes up again throughout the movie until the very, very end during the the emotional goodbye. 
and then that's when they show the X again. But therefore, it doesn't feel nearly as powerful because originally you were just thinking it was an objective mark to indicate this is the real us. And then the reminder at the end, right, that no, this is now a promise of you are we are all straw hats. We are us. The movie cuts out that middle portion of Von Clays, and now it feels like this weird like build up to like, oh, this is just going to be for that emotional finale. And that's it. Rather than the actual plan. Is that making, am I making sense here? Like, you're cutting yeah, out that you. whole middleman part. Again, just everything they, they cut, it just, it feels like this shouldn't have been a movie. This should have been, like, two movies if they really wanted to. Because, yeah, Arabasta is a big, fat arc. It's, you can't just do one thing. That's why I was looking forward to episode of Nami, because the Arlong Park arc, I think, is, like, what, 30 chapters? Less than 30? It's, like, 28, 27, Around I think. there. And that could fit into a movie without cutting cut content. I'm, Whereas, I'm hoping slash assuming that that movie is going to be better. I hope so, because maybe they've learned from this one. Because this is their first one, right? This is their first episode. I believe of, so. So hopefully they learn from this and don't make the same mistakes of like, okay, let's do a giant arc. Because now that I've seen this, I definitely do not want them now to do an episode of Water 7 of Eni's lobby. Oh, please no. Because no. all that, yeah, you're going to cut so That'd much shit to just fit in the key details and you're going to lose maybe that emotional impact. Maybe if it impact. was two like an episode of Water 7 and an episode of Eni's lobby, maybe. No. Water but 7 is like probably, 50 plus still chapters. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. Maybe an episode only of Eni's lobby, but then it would still feel incomplete cuz you don't have the episode of Water 7 or episodes of Water 7 leading up to it. It's almost like so you know how it's implying almost like this would be like a TV special because it's episode of. It almost seems like it should have been like episodes one, two, three. So it's like three hours total, but then have like our like excrements so you don't cut anything. So I feel like it, in hindsight, it should have been like that. But yeah, just overall at the end, like I think we basically said we said about this movie where, oh, the most jarring thing they did add the very end with Robin. They gave oh, us a yeah. teaser to her backstory, and they yeah, showed like off... they showed Saul, they showed, like, Aokiju's power. Yeah, it showed off Jaguar D. Saul, and I'm just like, wait, why are we getting this now? <laughs> why? It's the end of the movie, focusing on Arabasta and Vivi, and now we're getting, like, a segue to... Oh, right, this how is was that relevant Robin? to the context of this movie? Yeah, to this movie. That's right. Like, and again, it made it look like you're supposed to be like looking forward, right? Like you're about to be going forward in the anime or something. Even mm -hmm. though this was made way later than that, right? But even then, by teasing that, it completely cuts from the complete mystery of Robin. Because it all adds up. Because, yeah, it takes a while to like the character. But boy, when Eni's lobby happens, it's like a giant, perfectly timed explosion of emotion. I just didn't emotion. like it. I didn't like it. Even if it was canon, like, I wouldn't have liked it. I didn't like it there. Right? Yeah, that's, that's not... Because she doesn't just immediately join and be like, these must be the friends I've been searching for. Right? She didn't like them initially. Yeah, it's exactly. It's the impression you get. She joined Robin them. She probably was interested by the D. That's clearly in the back of her head, because she did know Jaguar D. Saul. Yeah, but that's her only but, motivation. Yeah. Rather than in it. the movie, it's acting like, yeah, she's trying to look for some new friends, a new group. Whereas, no... Robin takes time to develop, <laughs> and it's Water 7 in Eni's lobby that accelerates that growth for her as a character until we get to that amazing portion in Eni's lobby, that final spurt of her finally realizing of a, finally realizing she's a straw hat, and, you know, and she wants to sail the seas and she wants to live, 
Whereas in this movie, it kind of implies that it was always in the back of her head, and it kind of ruins that a little bit. It kind of muddles it, because the reveal at Annie's lobby was that, no, she's always been, like, this very depressing, like, private person, because it's never worked out for her whenever she's opened up. But in this movie, it kind of implies that she's still keep she's still trying, which yeah. could have worked if you had a lot more focus on it. But because it was just thrown in at the last second in a movie about Arabasa and Vivi, and <laughs> it just it felt like it had no place at all. Like at the at the very least, if you're gonna do this, at least then end the movie with Robin introducing herself on the ship. But right, and that's with the, the last scene wrist. she's in. Uh huh. So just. All these weird decisions of them adding scenes where it's like forced fan service or the Robin tease, which just came out of fucking nowhere. Or the opener. The opener was nice. And then, like you said, the extended bomb flight sequence. It doesn't change the fact that they cut so much from this movie, from this arc, that you lose the impact of all. What I feel like if you're limited on time and you're going to make all these cuts, I still feel like a hyper-focus on one character during this arc would have been much better. That way we would have had a character perspective and character growth, or, like, thought process. Maybe, if you, instead of Vivi as a main character in this arc, maybe you show it from Robin's perspective, right? Because she's not in that much of the movie. So you could have a whole sequence where she's only during the meeting, right? Then she's at the casino, then she's talking to Luffy, and then the you know, underground. And then we get like a much more fleshed out prequel-esque Persian version of a Robin. And cool. that could have been an idea, right? But of course, um, it wouldn't have been episode of Arabasta, then it would have been episode of Robin or something right. like that. So again, like little th- ideas like that, what you could have done to, for the sake of saving time, keeping it within 90 minutes, because yeah, trying to fit the whole, the entirety of Arabasta in 90 minutes was going to be impossible. So... I think overall, I would give the movie a 4 out of 10. I would prefer to watch this over Chopper's Kingdom, but that's just because I love Arabasta, See, even with all movie, the cut content. I don't actually think it would be a 4 out of 10 if I hadn't already seen Alabasta. Mm. By itself, it's like a 2, because it doesn't even really make that much sense. But as yeah, a companion it's... piece, it's fine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, overall movie enjoyment still. Because, like I said, those highlights are right. still there, but... And it, it was fun just to revisit Alabasta, because I love Alabasta. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why I still give it a four, because it's like, well, if you're a One Piece fan, you'll still enjoy those moments animated. But if you've seen the anime, it's not a much... It's not a big improvement. And if you've only read the manga, then it's like, well, I can see these moments animated, finally. I guess. Yeah, we, Some, we've even been though, on a, a low even streak. Though, even though a lot of it's missing. <laughs> Yeah, these these movies have not been hitting for us lately. Well, I mean, two of them have. The rest, though... Oh, lately, right, right, yeah, yeah. Episode of Arabasta, not a good start to the episodes. I think the next one is also an episode movie. I think it's Episode of Chopper. Is that the next one? Uh, yeah. I don't think it's called Episode of Chopper, but it is that Drum Island. movie. Episode of Drum Island, maybe. Um, But yeah, because I think, as of right now, we're going to get through a lot of episodes... That they, I guess, because Toei decided to do a lot of like retellings of classic stories, classic arcs. Um, I do know one portion of the episode of Chopper movie, which is an interesting what if scenario, and I think that's what was lacking in this movie, where it's like, what would be a purpose for those who know the arc inside and out to watch it? Like, what's a little change you might have done, right? A little interesting what if. Like, I was suggesting suggesting the perspective change. But I think episode of Chopper is gonna probably introduce that. I could be overblowing it, and it could be a minor thing. 
but I'm curious to see what that what. So if exactly I'll give you happens. a light spoiler because I also haven't seen this movie for mm. listeners, but I do know that Frankie is in it. So yeah, that's, that's that's the difference. That's the what that. if. It's like Chopper. <laughs> it's like Drum Island if they've met Frankie first and they Somehow. have the Sunny, I believe, and yeah, whatever. It's fine. That's Somehow. fine. You know, I don't care. <laughs> I've already seen how... Drum Island. I don't need to see it again. I'd like to see a different take on it. Yeah, I'm curious how that would actually change it though. Um, I don't think that much though because. It was mainly about Luffy, Nami, Chopper, mainly them. Because uh, at that point, because Vivi is still like a real background character, she's like trying to keep up with Usopp. Yeah, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm trying to remember what Grand Island. Um, yeah, I personally give the movie a 4 out of 10. Um, better than Chopper's Kingdom. I'll, I'll say 4 as well. Yeah, it's better than Chopper's Kingdom, but that's just only because the core, the, the actual content it's based on, that's carrying it for me. Nothing I was is... gonna say I, I, again. I think it's a worse movie by itself, but with Alabasta. Yeah, exactly. So if you're trying to watch this as a standalone movie, it's definitely really bad. I still wouldn't say two because you don't have Ratchet, right? <laughs> you don't have <laughs> you, you don't have uh, Saga or the weird choppy animation, but instead it's more like a mess of storytelling because you cut so much of the story of the structure. So I would still give it a four overall. Um, what was anything else? So for everyone that loves this movie and they want to trash talk you, where can they find you? <laughs> <laughs> they can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-S-E-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. Um, please tell me how Chopper's Kingdom is better than this movie or something like that. Uh, where can they find you, Justin? You can find me also on Twitter or YouTube at Jitsu, J-I-T-S-Z-U. And if you want to leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, please do so. We appreciate the testosterone boost or any feedback, really. Um, We will read them on the air as well. And I believe we also have one major announcement. Yes, we are excited to announce, two, kind of, that we Mm -hmm. have launched both our Discord and Patreon. Links available for both will be in the description to this and on our Twitter feeds. Uh, Patreon.com slash OP is OP. Donators get a special Discord role and access to bonus content, the first episode of which will be coming this week. And that episode's content will be relating to Chapter 1043, which just came out this last week. So no spoilers, but you can probably guess what we want to talk about. If you know numbers, 1043. <laughs> That's all we're saying. And that'll be the discussion for that one. It'll be Patreon exclusive. Um, Yeah, that that chapter holy shit <laughs> and then next one. week we will be discussing it actually is called episode of chopper plus bloom and winter miracle sakura i like that episode of chopper plus cause it's like a, you know some extra stuff some different yep. <laughs> i'm so confused how they implement uh frankie into that movie but I, I assume he'll probably just have a small role but I assume it's because they also realize, hey, we've done like five of these movies in a row now. We haven't introduced Frankie yet. <laughs> well, we where's my to, boy? We need to get him here, man. <laughs> but instead of like a movie that's like, you know, like a filler-esque movie, kind of like the previous ones. Instead, it's going to be an episode because they're just doing the episode movies right now. So it's like a weird compromise they did. I think it's just these two. These two what? Movies. Oh, the episodes? I, I think maybe I'm sort of Nami. I think it's later, right? Probably. 13, I, th- I thought 14. it's possible. I, I haven't even looked at the list yet in a while. I thought it was going to be like five episodes in a row that were like episode of Arabasa, episode of uh, Drum Island, episode of Skypea. I know there's a Skypea one in there somewhere. And I can't imagine that, that. I'm pretty sure there's an episode of Skypea. I remember reading that somewhere. Man, I'm not even, not even sure. 
We'll see. That and that one was sixty plus chapters, so <laughs> it's probably going to be just like this one. Oh boy! Except right. actually, I take that back because we did discuss. If you haven't heard our Skype episode, maybe go check that out. Oh. Skype did actually kind of meander for like fifteen to twenty chapters. We both mentioned feeling that way, so you know, yeah. maybe maybe that'll be fine. Possibly trim it down a bit, make it more traditional, where all the officers are being fought at the same time, rather than that first one early on disrupting the pacing a little bit. The challenging, the challenge for that one would definitely be just the narrative focus to help the pacing. But yeah, I guess we'll see when we get there. Until then, see you then. Mm-hmm.